Warning, wrestling POV Global is not suitable for all ages. Viewer discretion is advised. What's up, everybody? This is AJ Kirsch, and you're listening to Wrestling POV Global. Wrestling POV Global Black and Yellow brand. It's your point of view on the global stand. From north to south to east to west, they got you covered like a blanket, but I digress from elite elite to the hot topic. AEW Impact New Japan, they got it. Have you laughing so hard? Have your belly aching? Heard any different? I'm sure you're mistaken. Hey folks, welcome to another edition of WPOV Global. I'm your host, the legend T. James Logan. We are back from another great week of wrestling. First, I want to introduce my co-hosts of the night. Uh, first of all, the gentleman, Elio Canella. Great to be here. Elio, how was your week, brother? My week was great. Yeah, anything, uh, you do anything exciting? I know we all took a lot of wrestling off last no, week. No, I, I, I just went outside for the past few days and just uh, in the backyard because it was nice weather. So why stay indoors when I can see outside? Fair enough, fair enough. And also my other co-host, the lone wolf, Andy Anderson. Andy, how you doing, brother? Everything just froze. We got our technical difficulties. I'm assuming I've got the floor right now. Uh, it is great to be here as usual. I can see heads nodding, so we're back. That's good. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be a most interesting episode. See, they, they uh, were listening to you. You, you. you secretly sent them a message saying, we have a show to do. Get your, yeah. get your shit together. Yeah, that's right. Zoom, get your shit together. Okay. <laughs> Cameraman, Zoom! <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, usually this time of the program, we take that opportunity to uh, ask if any of us have seen any cool shows or movies or anything. I know my week has been pretty busy. I actually have not got a chance to see anything. Did you see anything, Elio, that was new or cool for you this week? You know, not this week, but recently, um, mm-hmm. because I listened to another show where they review like one a horror movie every week. Mm-hmm. So I, I uh, have two. One is called Happy Death Day. Oh, yes, I've seen it. Yes, go ahead. Talk about it. This is that kind of Groundhog Day sort of thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. If you've seen the Scream uh, movies, it's basically mm-hmm. similar to that. But at this, this uh, time, the killer is going around wearing like a like a giant baby baby face mask and um yeah so basically the characters are waking up in her room every day and read them the same day or they even reference groundhog day at the end yeah as soon as i as soon as i started watching Uh i started picking up i'm like wait what's going on i know what's going on here i see what they're doing this is groundhog day now did you wake up like 10 times in a row and re-see this whole day again (laughs) no Okay, okay, so maybe it's not that contagious. All right. But yes, I've however, seen that show. Mm-hmm. However, um, after that, I I looked up by information on, because uh, I always look up on IMDb, like mm-hmm. different things. And um, mm-hmm. there was a sequel called Happy Death Day to You, which. Yes, that's is, a newer one that should be. Which either it, begins, it began streaming on a Netflix. Okay, cool. Let's or, keep it on. Earlier on this year. Okay, because I saw that very first one. I actually enjoyed it. thought it was a pretty darn good movie. Um, that seems to be kind of a thing, because I mentioned last week was a show which very much was in that vein of the Groundhog Day uh, continuous thing. It wasn't a uh, 
a slasher type movie like you said mm -hmm. but uh definitely uh definitely something to uh, check out uh there was also another one coming out isn't there like called friday or freaky or no sorry it's called freaky and it's sort of like freaky friday with serial killers and and shit <laughs> like that too coming out with vince vaughn i believe so this is the big theme this year i guess let's oh. i guess because we're all in quarantine <laughs> yeah, or, or right. we're all locked up at home feeling like we're living the same day over and over again i guess we kind of relate to this more. Now, Andy, did you get a chance to watch anything this week? I, you know, anything new that you want to throw to the people? I or? just froze, but I know you were coming to me, so I'm just going to keep talking. Uh, but I'm going to keep it short because I'd rather us talk about the show since I can't seem to get a connection going here. Uh, my week was okay. Big news for us right now, at least here in Alberta. Uh, unlike a lot of the U.S. where things are opening up. Uh, we're still with a lot more restrictions, but thankfully today they announced that schools from kindergarten to grade 12 uh, are going to go back to in-classroom learning mm -hmm. and uh, being someone with children and being in the education field. This makes me very happy. So looking forward to that starting next week. Do you guys have a day for that? Yes, I believe it's uh, Tuesday. Is that right? Uh, yeah, Tuesday, May. Ooh, what the hell is that going to be? I don't know. Whatever next Tuesday is, is the first day they're letting. Oh, 25th, June, oh June 1st, 25th? and ours is the second. Okay, ours nope. is the 25th. Yeah. We got a week earlier than you, Elio. Oh, because okay. Because Alberta rules and Ontario well, sucks. <laughs> okay, uh, anyways, <laughs> let's get into today's program. We're going to start off with, uh, let's start off with Elite Delete, okay? Elite Delete this week, uh, this one is going to have, I think, a more interesting conversation that some people might think would have. But this week's Elite Elite, we're going to look at the tag team known as, well, are they proud and powerful? I don't know. They used to be called, they started off with LAX in the Impact days. Uh, they've been called proud and powerful in AEW. We're talking about uh, Santana and Ortiz. Mm -hmm. And uh, right now, I got to say, we know they're a terrific tag team, but... Uh, are they at this time elite or delete material? I want to start off with you first of all. It looks like Andy, you're moving around there. Let's start off with you, uh, Santana and Ortiz. Elite or delete? I'm going to stick with elite. Uh, okay. They're not getting used as much in tag team stuff, at least not on the main show. I mean, if they're working yep. on dark, that's one yeah, thing. Who knows? Yeah, but uh, as far you know, kind of the guilty by association, the fact they're still with the inner circle. Uh, the few times we've been fortunate enough to see them. I think they've, they've looked solid. They look great. And, uh, you know, kind of, kind of keep going with them. I, I like All right. It. All right. What would you have to say on this one, Elio? I was going to call uh, you Elio. 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 Elio what, what would you say uh, for Elite? Uh, I'm going to go with Elite because, um, okay, when they first came into uh, AEW, right, they were putting in a circle and then, uh, mm -hmm. But they started turning them into a bit of a joke, like with Santa, with Ortiz and his, all the theatrics. Mm -hmm. It's over theatrics. Yeah. yeah but uh, so back then it was said delete. I'm going with elite now because they've uh, totally like uh, flipping around where they're they're looking better. Okay. All right. I am going to go with delete. And I have a good reason for this. Um, a lot of times tag teams, especially in the big leagues, and you'll notice this in WWE, uh, tag teams are usually a team may be solid, but unless it's two guys put together, the reason they're a tag team is because they're two guys who couldn't survive on their own. They couldn't do uh, singles. Now, I remember when these guys started as LAX back in Impact, and even at the beginning of the run here in AEW, 
I never felt that they could survive on their own as singles wrestlers, that they needed to be this, this cohesive. They were a great unit, but they needed to be that unit. However, in the last six months or so, I have changed my attitude towards them, attitude towards them. And I really believe that these two guys could be interesting guys on their own. I think right now AEW has way too many tag teams in it. I think that they're sort of stuck in this pinnacle feud, which guy with against guys who don't even have the belts. So I think their smartest move is finish this pinnacle feud. And uh, I think they break up and just go as singles. And I think that's what should happen to them. They should be moved off to be their own men. They may be somewhat alike, but I think they do have distinct personalities and distinct styles. And, uh, so I want to say I want to say the delete to them as a team, elite to them as single competitors. All right. So uh, I noticed when we go back into the uh, uh, the Globomatic 2000, or is it? Oh, sorry, we upgraded. It's the old Globomatic 3000. When we put in the numbers, uh, Elio, you want to take a look at what the numbers say? Just click in those uh, keys and tell me what's going on there. So we have <laughs> we have eighty <laughs> percent. <laughs> we have 80 percent saying elite well 20 percent went with delete all right it's good to see 20 percent of you are thinking well all right <laughs> let's move on to our first topic now this first one should be a slam dunk and because we put this i expected this answer but i expected some comments and i, I think you guys kind of crapped the bed here because this was your chance to really talk about this because there's a reason in this question we use the two graphics that we did our question this week was if a wrestler is legitimately seriously injured in in the ring should the official stop the match well of course they should you know that, I know that, 100% of you voted that. What I wanted to do was stimulate the conversation here. I have a picture of Ricky Starks and Orange Cassidy. Why? Because in the middle of Ricky Starks' last match, his freaking neck was broken. But did anyone stop the match? No. He continued on, sloughed it off, and maybe as a wrestler, he's wrapped up. Andy has talked about this in the past, being, you're hyped up. You, sometimes you don't feel the pain till you get to the back of the thing. I get that. But aren't there officials here that are supposed to be really looking out for this sort of thing? What kind of possible damage could Ricky Starks have done to himself? A broken neck is a pretty serious thing. We look at Orange Cassidy, took a vicious super kick. And it was a super kick, guys. I mean, they're playing it up that it was the power bomb, the lager bomb. But in fact, it really was the super kick that knocked him out. Um, he could have suffered a concussion. He, could have been, he was out on his feet. That's a dangerous thing. Yet... They continued on the match. The officials, the officials knew because it was obviously that Aubrey Edwards was uh, trying to shelter him, keep asking for advice. And this is where the things get me kind of agitated at, at professional wrestling uh, promoters and the people who run these shows. Uh, yes, there's a degree things are laid out. Yes, they're trying to be as safe as they can. But when something happens, if you want to be realistic in this world, I'm sorry, but if you're in the Olympics and you're doing an event and you break your leg and you hurt yourself very badly and you, people know you shouldn't go on, they stop it. That's legitimate part of sports. You don't, oh, well, we penciled in that you were going to do this at the end. So, you know, just slug your way through it till you get there. No, it's bull. Um, I wanted to put this question up because I wanted you people to take a look at what you thought AEW did here because they clearly let two injured guys continue on this path. And what happens? 
Well, we don't know what's the long-term effects of these. We don't know. They don't know. Maybe for 10 years from now, Ricky Starks dies of a brain aneurysm. Who knows? We have no idea. Andy, weigh in a bit on this for me about, uh, okay, sorry, Andy's uh, struggling with, with connectivity. Elio, what are you feeling about this? So, uh, yeah, I was uh, reading this question um, when uh, we uh, came up with this hot topic. Uh, I'd say yes. Uh, I think the referee should stop the match. If they, okay. Because you can tell when a you can tell when a person is like really injured, they go down. They are not moving. Okay, so they, what do you think? What do you think of the fact that AEW clearly knew both these guys were hurt and let them continue on with their matches? Yeah, I think you, that was I was doing, think that was the wrong uh, choice to go with. They should. I think they should have stopped it because if uh, the guys, if Cassie was down, he wasn't moving. Mm-hmm. Stop! Stop the match. That's it. So do you think? Do you think? Should there be any repercussions for AEW? Do you think people should be taking a look at that and say to AEW, you know what? You guys are definitely going on to, uh, well, you, you know, they're not being as safe as they can for their performers. Uh, yeah, so. Now, do you, obviously, AEW knew what had happened to Starks and what happened to uh, Cassidy. Do you think somebody should have just stepped in, uh, screw the storyline program? And well, sorry, we're still struggling with Andy. Yeah, I say, I say for you, for, like, if you see the guy is injured, stop the match, forget the storyline, and uh, just yeah, that's I, that's I, it. Just uh, yeah, yeah. You know what? It, it all comes back to you know we made fun of Chris Jericho uh, jumping off of a thing and landing onto a clearly gimmicked thing, right? And so many people were like, "Whoa, that was so stupid," but. What did we really want? Did we want Chris Jericho to legitimately fall through something and hurt himself because we thought it looked cool? Take that, take that Matt Hardy Sammy Guevara match, for example. Yes, yes, there is a great example. Right, of that. He, he fell, and and like I seriously thought, like the scale was like dead because like when he fell and his head hit the floor, mm-hmm. I'm I'm like, okay, they're they're gonna stop this match. Then they can, but they didn't. They continued it. See, right. that, so that that was a perfect example. And there's an, yeah, there's an example of where the company should have stepped in and said, okay, you know what? Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, of course, Matt Hardy is going to say, I can do this. I can do this, right? Any athlete doing their sport does not want to lose uh, the momentum of what they're doing. They don't want to lose their thing in the future. So they'll continue on. Do you know, I, I, I've played on sports teams myself. I can tell you when you're banged up, you never realize how badly you are at the moment because you're playing, you're, you're hyped up on adrenaline. But at the same time, you, you, you never give up. You never really want to get off, especially if you're on the first or second line. You don't want to be doing that stuff. So, yeah, I'm going to have to say that the, I wanted you people to write in. Maybe take that opportunity. Write us in and tell us if you felt a little disgusted that AEW let this go on. We'll see, okay? Now, uh, let's go to our second uh, hot topic of the week. Uh, and that had to do with Cody Rhodes and the infamous... Oh, God. <laughs> it's hard to keep a straight face on this one. Um, let's go on with Cody Rhodes last week. Cuts, the, we're going to call it what? The conversion to the American Dream uh, promo? I, I don't even know what to call it. <laughs> um, I had to go back and rewatch it again after I, I talked to you guys again, and I cannot believe what a train wreck of a thing this was. Any of the emotional parts that might have resonated with you were already cut, had its legs cut out by the ridiculous bullshit he piled on and the confusing, let's go in 36 different directions. Uh, one thing we learned about promos is if you're direct, people get it. If you're flip-flopping about, about, about a bunch of points you're trying to get in, 
it usually doesn't work. Uh, Andy, do we have you on yet? Or, we, or I know you've been struggling. I, I'm here now and I'm frustrated because right. I missed the, uh, the uh, you know, with the legit injury part. You know what, then? You know what? I'm going to give you that chance to talk about that. We just talked about how should the AEW officials be held any kind of accountable for letting people go on like that? Which should be the protocol? And you've been an athlete there, but in all honesty, oh, no, we've lost Andy again. Folks, we're having some really struggles with the internet issues there, so uh, darn it. Okay. Uh, Let's go on with our other question. Cody Rhodes. Let's go on, Elio. The Cody Rhodes uh, thing. Uh, What did you think, like, do you think this was the all-time greatest no. promo, or did you think this no. was a, a pile of dribbles? It, it was shit? just like his other promos. Uh, it was just uh, all about putting the spotlight on himself, making himself the the center of attention on on uh, yeah another episode of AEW Dynamite. Uh, so mm-hmm. no, I'd say no, it's not. It wasn't his greatest promo of all time. Okay, I'm going to say to you too is I slightly disagree with you in the fact that I don't think that it uh it was his his usual thing i think it was even worse i mean yeah we're used to him putting himself over but we're not used to him going off in 100 million directions with a scattered mind i mean he took the time to talk about bruno sammartino a wrestler who has probably nothing to do with his history or his family's history very much at all i mean i know dusty had some probably a run-in with him at least once but it's not really germane to the Rhodes family i was confused by that from last week yeah, and then the whole thing talking about the 15-year-old coming from Pakistan. You, you understood that he was talking about uh, Shad Khan, right? The actual owner of AEW. So he's kissing yep. ass to his boss in the middle of this promo to make him a superhero. I mean, come on, that's got to throw up red flags right there. Um, and just, I don't know, just so many dumb things happening in this promo. And the, the thing is, he legitimately believes it was the best thing ever legitimately believes it so uh i was curious what did fans think about this and (laughs) this makes me laugh uh read those numbers tell me tell me what those numbers say because i'm just laughing i don't fans were split on this one they went 50 percent yes and 50 percent no wow (laughs) um 50 percent of you thought this was his best promo ever Wow, he does not have heart. He doesn't have high to shoot. The bar is pretty damn low. So, uh, yikes, yikes and a half. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, but you know what? We're going to jump in. We're going to take a quick break here. Before we do, uh, I'm almost afraid to ask. Can Andy hear me at all? Nope, he's frozen up. Darn it. Okay, well, let's look at it this way. Uh, Elio, Sir? why don't you tell people where they can write in? If they wanted to write in to the so show, you can do that on Facebook at Wrestling POV Podcast, Instagram Wrestling POV One, and Twitter at Wrestling POV. Well, folks, we are also one of a couple shows here on the WPOV Network. You are listening to WPOV Global, hosted by myself, Elio Canella, and the Lone Wolf Andy Anderson. Here we talk a lot of AEW and a lot of stuff going on in the smaller uh, promotions around the world. You'll find us every Thursday. Uh, on this network you'll also find uh every saturday morning wpov wrestling hosted by tony uh tony diaz rick serrano the third and clay cummings where they talk all the stuff going on and i you know what i think they picked up a british correspondent i think matt nowak is now doing uh a part of their uk show for them so there you're covered all the way through the wwe uh we also have aftermath a special show which will appear after most uh, major pay-per-views where 
whatever combination of us who have watched it will sit and talk and explain what they saw, see if it was worth you watching. And then a kind of a special pet project we have called the WPOV Quarantine, featuring me, Andy, and Elio, where we do a Zoom call with uh, various, uh, we've had on wrestlers, we've had on writers, we've had on journalists, we've had on uh, people who are historians, all sorts of different things to talk about different uh, topics. Always find it fun. Last week, we did a really cool look at uh, some of the AWA wrestling from the late 70s, early 80s in the Winnipeg area. That was fun. Yeah, we had Merv, Merv Unger fun. come on. Uh, next week, I do believe we're doing an episode taking a look at Stampede legend Dave Rule, which will be featuring uh, Greg Oliver and uh, Cowboy Dan Crawford. So that's going to be another interesting one. You'll find that show every Wednesday. Now, you know what? We have uh, a bunch of different uh, networks that you, who knows what you're listening on, but there are other options. There are iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Podbean. And uh, I'm, I'm going to try and throw this out there, but um, Andy, I, I know you, you, you uh, try and hawk t-shirts uh, lately, I know we've been upsetting you because yes, we've brought in another wrestler to kick you out of that spot. And uh, you know what? This week, I want you to know that we have to kick you out again because we brought in former Soviet wrestler Nikolai Volkov. And Nikolai is here to tell you what it means to buy t-shirts for wrestling POV. Nikolai, the floor is yours, comrade. <coughs> You go to the prowrestlingtees.com, go to Wrestling POV, buy one of four very nice t-shirts for WPOV Network today, 1995 US dollars, Russia! Number one, I speak for the Nikolai because he do the beautiful singing. Everybody want to hear Iron Sheik, number one, Nikolai Volkov, number one, Intelligent Classy Freddy Blassie, number one, Wrestling POV, number one, everybody else, ha, pui! Sorry, Andy, I had to bring those. I, I ran into the two of them down at the 7-Eleven. They were what willing happened? To I froze. What happened? I, I know, sorry, I had to bring on Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov to, to do shows this week. Uh, was sorry, buddy. Iron Sheik was here without me? Yes, he said to say hi and that he was going to break you and humble you. He was sure here again was. and he missed him? I, I know he's your favorite. You guys know he's like one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, he said how much he loved me and Elio. Anyhow, we're going to go to commercial break, folks. <laughs> when we get back, it's time for, and I almost fear to say it, AEW Dynamite! Hello, this is the top guy, Griffin McCoy, representing Young, Dumb, and Broke, and you're watching WPOV Global. Hey fans, we're back, and now it's time for a deep dive into AEW Dynamite. Dynamite! All right, first of all, starting off the show, we have, I'm going to say, I started off with a very solid opening match. Um, however, I'm going to say for my taste, solid, slightly boring. Slightly boring. It just... It just, it didn't grab enough out of me to, to, it had a good pace, which I like. It slowed down the pace. It had some good things. Um, I have some notes here. I, uh, poor Taz. C Christian body shamed? Aww. Come on. Of all the things Taz says and does to people, he's going to complain that he's a victim of body shaming. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, one thing that annoyed me about uh, the commentary here, usually, uh, you know, Taz can be great. He can be horrible. Uh, he was pretty solid in the opening part here, but man, it seemed like he, it's like he had his nose so far up Hobbs ass that all he ever said was Hobbs this, Hobbs that. And so it surprised me that Hobbs isn't the guy he's fighting, like that Christian Cage is fighting coming up. It's Chris, or sorry, not, yes, Christian Cage is fighting Brian Cage. Oh, a little Cage on Cage action. But um, it's, it's just so much Hobbs that he just, it was very confusing. Um, like I said, it was uh, solid. It was a solid match. However, I, not, I was hesitant looking back that I would have put this on the first match because it just, it didn't have enough sizzle in it. Uh, Kate, um, it's a nice to reminder that Christian is, is a big man. I mean, it's hard to tell because he's in with a lot bigger men, but when you see him with a guy like, you know, like Matt Sedell, who's five foot nine, which is just a little bit under an average guy, you realize Christian is a big man. So he does run in with the big boys. Um, like I said, good match. The one thing I hate all the time is freaking Taz trying to get people, look at me, look at me. I mean, we see that you every know. freaking movie. It makes Taz look even stupider than we thought possible. Believe me, we um, didn't see you. Yeah. So Christian Christian with the win. Uh, of course, the gratuitous uh, beat down by uh, Taz's troops. And that's all these guys do, isn't it? The only thing they can do properly is interfere because they never win matches. Uh, Andy? Uh, I reasonably agree. Decent opener. Uh, yeah, it, it, it was some good steak, but didn't have a lot of sizzle. And uh, like you said, pacing was good. Timing was good. But, you know, never really in doubt what was going to happen here. Uh, you know what? I'll give a slight disagreement to all yeah. Team Taz does is uh, attackable. Because let's face it. For a couple of months there, like they wouldn't go near Sting. And we were we were ridiculing them for like, why aren't you guys jumping them? There's like five of you and like one or two. So at least hey, they've stepped up because at least now they're attacking people. True. Before I, I, they just would have stood back and not done anything. Well, it's because Taz is so small, and I hate to body shame him, but I'm sure that the <laughs> snow machines probably froze that little guy out. <laughs> All right, uh, Elio. I just want to oh, really really quick yeah. though. So. Next week is Brian Cage versus Christian Cage. Is that what it is? Did I make that mistake? Or no, no, no. no. I, I think I want to think, I think, I think was... you're right, but the reason why I'm asking though is because then it's on Sunday. <gasps> no, no, no. I screwed up. Yes, it is Brian Hobbs versus because isn't it Christian Cage? Or sorry, Brian Cage against Adam Heck. Page. Cage yeah. Page. Okay. Yeah. Oh God, these names are stupid. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. So clear as mud. We're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the most confusing shit's going to happen here is if Christian Cage teams with Adam Page to take on Chris to take on Brian Cage and Ethan Page, <laughs> and then we have the Cage Page Cage Page. Oh, or do we mix it up and have a Cage Cage Page Page? Oh God. Okay. So, uh, all right. So that 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 just erases all the shit I said about Hobbs. Okay, I'm an idiot. I, Next. I'm so <laughs> I would say a page out of Elio's book. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Apparently, I don't either because uh, I, I, I mixed up the cage page. But yeah, uh, I guess it will be Hobbs and Christian. But I, do we really think Hobbs has much of a chance? Anyways, moving on. Elio? Yeah, okay. So I sat down to watch this. It was a, it was a good opening match. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, like you said, it kind of fell flat during some parts. And yeah, at the, at the end, every time... 
at the end of every match, Taz always has to get on the mic and uh, like do his whole stick. Yeah. Now, guys, are you worried that Christian is not going to really rise up? Because it's it sure seems like this is a struggle to get this guy into anything exciting. I mean, his his promo work. You know, like it's okay, but then they keep doing these backstage things which don't work very I well. He, I thought he was supposed to outwork everyone. Yeah, and then you know he's getting in in this match here. There was no doubt that he was going to win, but at the same time, he didn't have an extra flair. I mean, even when that it was sort of funny. This is how you can tell when a wrestler just isn't grabbing your attention enough. When he did his finishing move, I didn't even realize it, even though I know it's his finishing move. I was like, Oh yeah, that's his finishing move. It's over. Whoa, okay. Instead, there's no that buildup. You know how some wrestlers, like a lot of wrestlers, you build, you build, and then you have the spectacular finish, and you know it's there, right? Doesn't happen with Christian sometimes. Uh, I'm not sure what the pacing or what it is with him, but they got to give him some because the guy has the skill. He's got the, you know, he's got the tools, but just something is not resonating. I think with the fans right now, and I don't know what it is. I don't know. Um, if you guys know, please, Andy, if you know, phone in AEW, phone in Christian. He'd appreciate it. I think he would love it. If- whoever, whoever, whoever from AEW is listening to our show, because we know they do. I just, I, you know what? And, and this is the thing I think just keeps happening. Uh, you know, we, we did see today that there's going to be some shifting in AEW programming and a new show added, which uh, depending on what they do there is good. But a lot of it, again, it just comes down to so much talent, so little time to develop and build that it's 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 okay it's awesome it's christian cage but it's like to me the luster's already worn off yeah they have to do just something another to guy make him now yeah. yeah that's all he is right now and, and that's that's, that's yeah. a shame yeah you know okay uh moving on first promo of the night the varsity blondes backstage um now elio said to me ahead of time he said this really gave him flashbacks of the hollywood blondes you know like uh he could see that in there I kept saying that Griff Garrison guy, there's just something bizarre about him. I can't put my finger on it. There's something weird about that dude. Um, I was excited at first. So I was like, hey, there's Julie Hart. Because I thought she was, you know, I made the comment that she was a pretty girl. And it was nice to see someone with a fresh face. Although now this week, she seemed to look like the girl who hangs out behind the pinball machines with the, the cheap makeup and a cigarette. I was not thinking that she looked all that attractive at all, you know, and the, the cheerleader thing just did not work with that unless you're going for, I don't know, punk rock high school cheerleaders. Uh, what'd you get out of this promo, Andy? Uh, give me your expertise on uh, what was delivered. Oh, geez. I don't know. I, know I, have... I know I have problems with Brian Pillman Jr. Sometimes he sometimes to me reads like he's yeah. reading something hard. Yeah, no, I thought this was one of his better promos. Uh, it, it, this felt, and I don't know if it's because they're going to kind of, at least from some of us, we'll kind of get the Hollywood Blondes comparison. Mm-hmm. It, it did kind of have that kind of eighties, late eighties feel, uh, mm-hmm. of a promo, but it, it wasn't bad. Uh, they're, I think they're getting better mm-hmm. with, with their promos, but uh, was there a reason why Julia Hart got, <laughs> no, they never mentioned any okay. reason why all of a sudden she's there. <laughs> I didn't, even, I, I didn't even know what, like, I, I, I couldn't uh, tell who was up first. And then uh, when you said it in the chat, uh, who was, I, I was thinking, but last week was her, only her first match on AEW. Ah, the, the Julia written down across her. And they, and, and, they, and, okay. they already, and they already uh, have her paired with the team. Yeah, well, that's how it works in the world of professional wrestling. You never know when you're going to get called up. Well, especially in AEW. So, yeah, no, it was, it was all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. It, it, it was good to, you know what? I'm glad to see them getting that time to talk and, and try and build. So good on them for that. 
Okay, I, I do want to say Brian Pillman did come off across a lot more uh, realistic. But Andy, you always set out challenges. I challenge you, Andy, to go back and just look when Griff Garrison first starts talking. He literally looks like a guy who's frozen into the eyes of the camera and just like, yeah, today we're going to teach you guys a lesson. You will see that there is a poetry in wrestling that comes from the spontaneity of everything. <laughs> he seems like a robot that just went into like weird mode for like the first minute of his thing or the first 30 seconds. It's, it's, it was almost unnerving. I was just like, oh, good on you, Brian. Oh, ooh, Griff, shut up. Uh, right. Elio, you want to weigh in anything on this? Yeah, no, I was fine with this um, promo, but uh, hearing, hearing that and uh with the facial expression, yep. I was like, I was picturing it, uh, playing it back in my head. In my mind, yeah. I'm like, wait, man, yeah, he did look. Yeah, odd. he did. He, he did yeah, look he odd. had this. He had this like he was frozen, yet his lips were moving. He must have had our connection. Damn you, Zoom! All right, uh, next, I'm just going to group these next two promos together. Uh, the Mox, Moxley and Kingston promo. It was kind of funny. It had some funny, goofy little, definitely you can tell it's two guys who know each other well that are friends working off each other yes. with their humor. Yes. Um, I loved how Moxley, I'm pretty sure he legitimately did not mean to say analytic because <laughs> Kingston kind of way he slid in was too realistic of a friend helping you out. <laughs> no, no, analytic. <laughs> you know, I really think it, I think he even realized when he said it like, you know like he had that look on his face like it was hilarious though he was trying to say analytic but he ended up saying anal linux and <laughs> kingston uh and i i thought it was a little bit uh, mean when they were like oh what are these guys like are they any good and he's like they're rappers <laughs> rap? and Mox is like, oh, yeah okay he's, yeah he's pretending like he didn't know what rap was well no he was just kind of like oh they're those kind of guys. Okay. Like he was so disappointed. The <laughs> um, acclaim come on. They actually, it wasn't as funny, but they did have some funny little things. I, I still, the acclaim still works for me. Okay. Yeah. And I'll be the first, I'm the first to crap on uh, the, the rap gimmick and stuff like that. But these two guys work for me. Um, thought it was a good little promo before we move over to the match. Anything anyone want to throw out about these promos? I thought it was, I thought it was, I think I even said to you, I think the, the, the mocks and the, the Eddie Kingston one was fun uh, for the most part. I'm getting a kick of it. And it's like you said, like you can, you can tell when guys are enjoying working together. You can tell when they're having fun and it's just, it, it's kind of just loose, mm -hmm. you know, it's, you know, and I had to go back down to watch the, watch Griff Harrison, but it's not, <laughs> you know, just the reading off the cue cards or teleprompter yeah. while I'm cutting a promo. Now you should laugh, tag team partner. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> so, it, it, and that's, I think that's why I enjoyed it. So it was good. The acclaimed was all right. And I think to me, it was more just, uh, theirs was short and sweet because they were mm -hmm. saving their, their shtick for when they were coming out. Right. And like, I, I, I'm convinced, I know AEW doesn't like to uh, write down their promos too much. They let a lot of the guys do their stuff. I can guarantee you that Griff Garrison was reading a cue card or a teleprompter. When you guys see it, look back again, there's no doubt. All right. Uh, so we get on to this first match we have uh, for the next match, sorry, Moxley and Kingston. Uh, what do they change in the car or something like that? Because <laughs> they always come walking from the outside. Uh, they come walking in. Gonna say I'm not a big fan of Moxley's sweats all the time. <laughs> it's I get Kingston, but Moxley just looks like I don't know the the weekend warrior who doesn't afford can't afford yeah. tights and, and things. Uh, he gets to the ring. The acclaim come out, do some funny little shtick, and uh, 
I think the line that was supposed to enrage uh, Moxley was a line that uh, they directed about uh, Renee, uh, I guess Paquette is her name now, yeah. uh, his wife, who does a, what was it called? Oral Sessions is the yeah. name of her show? Yeah. 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 So, um, of course, uh, one of the the rapper, which one is he again? I can't even Caster. Max Caster. Max Caster makes a reference about how uh, she wanted to have them with oral sessions like almost as if it was a, a thing which would maybe work if you were freshly married maybe it would work if you're showed up anywhere but when you're a pregnant lady who's uh who's been married a while i it just really and even moxley didn't even act like it really pissed him off it kind of looked like kingston went over and said act mad dude <laughs> because he didn't seem to care until like Kingston whispered something out of it. Then he was like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Don't talk about my wife like that. You. So, um, but the best thing in the world, I, I hate in wrestling when somebody can say something that's supposed to be that offensive. And instead you stand there and you joust back yet. You've reached the point, but you're still going to like start a match. I loved it that Moxley ran over and punched, uh, the other one, Bowden, right in the face. Bowden, no, he, yeah, 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 yeah. He punched the first one who walked in the ring straight in the face. Yeah. <laughs> and, took him, and it was a very realistic looking thing. That really added some, I think, a good punch to this. Now, to be honest, I kind of wish... pun intended. Uh, I kind of wish this had been the opening match. Uh, I think if he'd reversed this with the Christian match, the Christian match wouldn't have came off so... Uh, lackluster i think it would have worked in better because they needed a hop off to the start of the thing this was a tremendously fun match a lot of stuff going on to it uh, a lot of storytelling um however these two guys are okay i want to get this off my case right now here they have problems with the elite yet they're not going these guys are guys who have fought They've been going after Kenny Omega. They, they're not going after the world champion. I don't understand this. They're so mad they're going to go after the secondary tag team belts. It bothers me that these two guys all of a sudden want to be a team. And they're actually talking about, yeah, we're doing pretty good in the raid. That part I don't understand logistically makes no sense to me. They hate Omega so much, but they're just going to be a tag for now to show that they, yeah, that part I don't get. Uh, Andy, do you see what I'm getting at here? Do you think I, I do? nitty-picky? And- no, maybe uh, it, it's it's AEW booking, so it's tough. Yeah. I mean, there's you know they they I give them credit because it's like somehow they, they try to keep stories alive. It's almost like they're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because if you mention stuff week after week, then it almost feels like okay, well you're only gonna do so much, and then it's, we're gonna go through this storyline like that. But then if you don't, and you're trying to draw it out, but you do something every two weeks or every three weeks it takes the steam off of it. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, other stuff has to go on. So to your point, it's like, yeah, we hate Kenny Omega. Well, yeah. Yet Pac and orange Cassidy mm-hmm. are going to have a match. And there's really not much, you know, like legit heat there. Like there is with, with Mox and uh, Eddie. And it's like, okay, like that's cool. that You know, everything they went through and they're teaming up. It, it, it's that makes sense to me. I, I can mm-hmm. buy into that. But it almost feels like it's now now not so much Kenny. It's just it is. It's just the elite. Okay. So I think they just gone to like a broader. They're hating more people. They're, they're, they're spreading the hate around, and I yes. can see that. Okay. Okay. Um, 
And another thing I want to say is uh, Kingston, maybe not so much. He's a great work. Like he's a good speaker. He has a good promos, but he's not really, you don't really think of him as the top tier star in AEW. Okay. You know, he's a big tough guy, but you don't think of him as the, one of the superstars Moxley you do. Okay. So when they're going to put together a double team finish, man, that was a shitty looking finish. You pick him up in a wheelbarrow and then I'll do my move. that looks doesn't even look as cool because you've been holding him up. Yeah. Was not impressed with the lame ass finish. I'm going to say that. Okay. The wheelbarrow into the paradigm shift was terrible. Uh, guys, you're bigger stars than that. Come up with a cooler move. Okay? You didn't like the wheelbarrow shift? No. The, the wheels, the, <laughs> the para wheel, the wheel, wheel gram. I don't know. But uh, it, it as shitty as these names are coming up, we're coming up with it. The move was that shitty looking. So it, it was the weakest looking paradigm shift I've ever seen. And you thought maybe if, if somebody was like lifting the guy up for you, it would look cooler. It didn't. It basically looked like he just fell. <laughs> so uh, what do you think of this match, Andy? I, I'm going to give it a solid. I thought it was good. Yeah. No, I don't have much too much to add but in between what you said and kind of my comments in there. Uh, it was, it was a fun, solid match. Okay. I mean, some people might have some, uh, uh, problems with the uh, continual fuck finish parts here. I mean, how many kind of false, we got a chain, we got a radio, we got, a, you know, I yeah. get that, a lot of gimmicky shit going on. Uh, Elio, what do you think, brother? Uh, like you both said, it was a fun match. Um, the, the finish, uh, that finish was bad, but just overall fun match. Okay. Uh, we move over to Chris Jericho in the back with uh, Dean Malenko. I uh, loved the references to oh. the Man of a Thousand Holes yes. thing. I loved him saying, oh, well, you had four more than me. Because remember in the infamous... It was back in... The- it was w- when, I, when this was going on, I, I was thinking to myself, this is WCW back yeah. in the 98. Yeah. Armbar. <laughs> yeah, and I was going to say the funny part is if you watch that thing, he says armbar like at least five or six times. Oh, yeah. And that's that part of it, right? And then there's yeah. like... The Saskatchewan chicken wing or something. (laughs) So, and then it was a nice reference because he claimed in that time that he had a thousand and four moves. Yeah. You know, more because Malenko was the man of a thousand moves. So it was kind of cute to have Malenko say, well, remember you had four more moves than me. But Jericho (laughs) went, wow, I've actually forgotten a couple of them. (laughs) I love that. Which is funny because sometimes Jericho can be a bit uh, aggravating in these sort of things. This was fun. You know, once again, friends working together and working yeah. off each other kind of magic uh next we move over to boy ah. finally scorpio sky and ethan page get in passionate good promo interview only to have sting and uh darby allen come out and make them look like bitches because they just beat the crap out of these two one-on-one mm-hmm. all right let's well, let's be fair here first of all our heroic good guys uh sting and darby <laughs> allen do the old ambush i thought that was the bad guys did the ambush but okay there's no baby faces and heels in <laughs> aew right so that's why some of them do horrendous things and some of them kiss ass but okay so anyhow um, you know what hang on you want me to say real quick this yeah if there was no baby faces and there's no heels uh-huh. why do they need two separate entrances Ooh, <laughs> yes bam 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 Plus, if there's no good or evil, so they're, we're just tuning in watching men in their underwear wrestling around. Oh, boy. Okay. We are the tights. Oh, Jesus. Okay. So, first of all, yeah. Oh, Jesus. First of all, I'm going to say Scorpio Sky enjoyed the promo. Ethan Page thought it was a little bit over the, he was verging on the indie guy screaming in the mic sort of thing. 
you know. Uh, I thought he could have done a little better. I've seen him do better. Uh, but I thought everything got undone. Uh, you have Sting put him, uh, Scorpio, into the death lock. He's tapping. You got Ethan, like, getting his ass handed to him and being thrown around. Uh, once again, this is that whole feeling, which I hate AEW does. I want to build up until these guys do something to each other. Not this kind of, well, we've already beaten down. Why do I care now what Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page say? I don't. They've been, they've been showing that one-on-one they're bitches. So we have to throw gimmicks now. We got to throw some gimmick matches in to give them a chance. Not digging that. What do, what do you, what's your view on this, Andy? Oh, you hit it, hit it right. Like it's, again, this is something I just touched on a few minutes ago. Right? Like we talked about the timing, like something stretched too much and nothing happens. And here, this is to me, it's, it's like the debut of the, the pinnacle debuted, mm-hmm. beat the crap out of the inner circle we didn't hear anything for the next week. And then the week after that was when the inner circle returned and jumped them in their change room in the bathroom or whatever, and got their comeuppance. And it's already like here, it's like, okay, well, yeah, you know, we helped, you know, you can say what you want, but we helped cause you the title. Uh, and now we're going to challenge you. And now we just got our asses kicked. Well, yeah. why, do I, why do I want to see this now? Exactly. You know, you have that feeling if we'd had like uh, Ron Fuller or uh, Kevin Sullivan or some of these old time Booker guys. And we told them this is the way they laid it out. They would be like, we don't want to lose money. (laughs) You know, I guess, I guess when you have guaranteed money from a network, you don't really have to really work hard to get any fans. They, they, the fans will take what you get because there's no other alternative that it did annoy me. Um, I'm not sure about this one. The more I'm thinking about this one, I'm just so tossed. Let's, let's move over to the pinnacle promo where they're all backstage doing this vignette, where they're all sitting around eating. Uh, We're watching Wardlow guzzle down an entire thing of wine. Uh, We have uh, MJF do a very short, uh, angry promo, followed by Dax, who uh, Dax the axe, where we saw Dax axing. um, No, I'm doing... We saw Dax uh, doing a big promo, which I actually was enjoying what he was saying. It was making... It seemed realistic uh, from a heel's point of view, like you know what, we want to be out there doing this. You guys are just causing us grief and you're standing in our way again. I liked that. Um, really did not think that Sean Spears did look cool or intimidating by jumping a poor waiter. Yeah, I was, I, was, I was trying to figure out what, what that was all about. <laughs> He's a loose cannon. Oh, brother, come on. <laughs> my only thought, my only thing that you can dig yourself out of this is it was a very Tully Blanchard thing to do from the 90s. Maybe that was the point. They're trying to make him the Tully Blanchard of the team yeah. to do yeah, the yeah. underhanded bully uh, shit because that's what Tully would do. I don't know. Maybe uh, I'm wrong. Fair. That's fair. And of course, Tully's the guy who throws a wad of bills at the waiter and says, we cool? You know? <laughs> yeah, this should take care of everything. Yeah, but it didn't work yeah. with Sean Spears. Yeah. So I don't know. They do really seem that they have so long been trying to make Sean Spears a Tully Blanchard. And maybe this is working. I don't know. For me, I'm still not buying it. But let's not write it off yet. I don't know. Have you written him off? Have you written off Sean Spears, Andy? Not yet. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. I, I like. I think there's something there. Maybe it's just not the right outlet, or maybe in this, in this case, it's just not being presented or booked right just yet. A la Christian Cage. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Elio, are you? Have you written off Sean Spears yet, or are you still got hope? No, no. I, I, I want to say because I, I think there's something there. I just. Uh, Maybe it's just there's they still need uh, more time. I'm guessing so. Yeah, I'm. I want to see what they do. 
Okay. Next, we move on to uh, Hikiro Shida versus Rebel, not Reba. I still give a kick out of the, every one of her graphics. Always say Rebel, not Reba. Um, I know I missed something here. I, I we're not. In, it, it wasn't worth all the. Did I miss something about Adam Page somewhere? Oh, that was probably in the first segment, right? When uh, at the end of the when Taz called everyone out. Yeah, that was when uh, yeah. okay. Dark Order and the other. I've never seen his face. Uh, okay. Uh, Obviously not that big of a deal, just the regular schmoz. Let's get to the pay-per-view sort of deal. Um, Sheeta versus Rebel. Uh, my notes basically say glove, crutch, squash, <laughs> which was kind of the story. Um, basically, we have, you know, uh, Britt Baker has her title shot coming up. Mm-hmm. She sends in her uh, heavy. Why is she still carrying the crutch? Well, I guess it's just so she can use it as a weapon yeah. because she was rem- rem- remarkably miraculously cured of whatever ailment she had because she was wrestling normal. Uh, all of a sudden, too, do you guys notice she knew how to wrestle this week? <laughs> I mean, wasn't that her shtick for a while where she was acting like she couldn't wrestle at all? Yeah, like she was hurt, like she was thrown in there. Do you guys remember that? They tried to play her like she was. Like that, or maybe that, this that. is before you, Andy, but yeah. it was, it was first, like that one match where um. She uh, she was uh, thrown to the mat and she went into the wrong corner. Or yeah, she threw her opponent. She went into the wrong corner. Well, she, she now Rebel has wrestled for Impact before. She is a wrestler. Okay, yep. in AEW they brought her in as a hairstylist that was helping Britt Baker out, and Britt Baker threw her in the ring and she didn't really know what to do. And but it was obvious that she did know what to do, but she was pretending to be the worst wrestler right. in the world. Uh, that seems to have disappeared this week. Uh, she all of a sudden seems she was wrestling, and. I'm going to send out weird props because for so long they presented Rebel as this weird, awkward, weird dress kind of side hanger on. She's legitimately looked like a female wrestler the last couple of weeks. Yeah, she She's did. actually looked really good. Yeah. And uh, that surprises me because they spent so long making her not look good. So, you know, I guess this is some kind of, you know, there's going to be the inevitable Rebel versus Britt Baker somewhere down the line. That's got to happen. Uh, this match, I thought it was hilarious. Sheeta pulls out a glove and goes to do the move uh, that Britt Baker, causing Britt Baker to almost lose her mind, which I thought was pretty yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, but the match goes on. Uh, stretch muffler. Haven't seen that move a lot in. It's kind of funny because that is a move, unless you're a um, English wrestler, you usually only see it in the indies. You rarely see in the big leagues a man put a man, that move or a woman put that move. It's usually British wrestlers who who have all the technical whatever. Right. It's all, but it's been a move kind of set back to the indies, and so it was. It surprised me that Sheeta pulled it out. It's you know it was it was very interesting. Uh, moving on, we uh, have this funny little thing where we have Orange Cassidy in the back room. Uh, and they said this happened right after last week's match. Uh, the cameras come in. Omega, Callis uh, come in. They t- they get Chris Stratlander, who's she looked like a bulldog here, like she was not going to let him in there. Yeah. Uh, unlike unlike Chuck and Trent, who are like, oh, we're going to go take a pee. Um, <laughs> good friends there, Orange. Um, so he's Orange is sitting there, beat up, got ice on him. Omega and Don Callis come in, and they pull out. And thank God, Orange Cast like. Oh, so let me get this straight. You worked hard, Andy. You're a wrestler going for the title shot. You got banged up a little. So uh, you get handed a thing by the world champion saying, hey, give up next week's payday, big payday and big match and a chance to win my belt, and I'll give you a shot down the line somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> How dumb are you to actually sign that? He didn't, luckily. He ripped it up. Thankfully, he didn't. Jesus. Otherwise, that would have been just as bad as uh, 
having his sunglasses taken from him a couple of weeks ago and not doing anything. Yeah. So at least uh, here, you know, the, the ceremonial ripping up of the contract mm-hmm. good on him. Cause if he just would have sat there and just like not done anything like, uh, and, and and this is just going to jump out of the thing here for a sec, but isn't it hilarious how they had dropped how many times that orange Cassidy got hurt by the Liger bomb when it wasn't the move at all that actually hurt yeah. him. And it makes you wonder, is, is that the kind of thing where as a company, you just say that because if ever a lawsuit came up, you could put a dispute of what was the real move or, you know what I mean? It's, it just seems like a way to cover yourself legally by saying the wrong move and pushing it by your announcers and stuff, instead of admitting what the real move was that took a guy See, out. I, I disagree. I think it's more just because I think a Liger bomb sounds more devastating than a super kick. Yeah, but it wasn't, they're trying to play realism and it was obviously, uh, okay, I, I see what you mean though. I see what you mean. I'll, I'll give you that too. Yeah. Uh, did th- anyone want to talk about this one? I, I To me, it was just like, eh, whatever. Yeah, no, that's, that's again, and I, I think we're having a lot of similar sentiment. That's why for a lot of what you're saying, I'm like, yeah, no, you're, you're right. Cause that's kind of it. And that was, that's what it was. And thankfully he uh, didn't, you know, didn't do nothing yeah but uh yeah no of course you're not gonna give it up so now i did write one note and i wrote it to you and i almost almost forgot to say it uh i thought it wasn't very smart of what what uh omega said in the beginning about orange cassidy is the whole thing you've been trying to fight as a company to make people forget you've taken taken orange cassidy who's when he came in he was an indie joke he does joke wrestling he's the guy who's the mascot of the thing right and they spent a long time in the last while trying to say you know what his style could be elevated he can be a legitimate contender he's in this match yet kenny omega comes up and says well you know what buddy you're just a mascot role you're not the next level up and he just sort of took apart all of the stuff that AEW has spent the last couple months building and if i think if you were a newer fan that might have put a lot of doubt to what orange cassidy actually is you might actually go yeah, you know, he kind of is a mascot. He kind of is just the guy that sells the T-shirts. That's a danger if you're selling uh, pay-per-views. But once again, we're not selling pay-per-views. We're going to watch it regardless. It's free. Yeah. So uh, that, that that even that could be where it's the, oh, he's just, no, he's not. He's a legit contender. You will see. Yeah, but that didn't happen in this thing. Nobody came well, forward with it. But, I, but, I'm, saying, but yeah. I'm saying as a wrestling fan watching, it's the wrestling fan saying, Oh, I can't believe they'd say that to Orange Cassidy. Mm-hmm. He's legit, man. Like you see, like with Chris Jericho and and all that. Like I would agree if he didn't have a, a ridiculous shtick that he's been working with for a while, and that they've tried to paint him away from that. So I just think it was a danger to remind people that he did come in as a joke, and he was a mascot. And and yeah. Uh, okay, let's move over to the inner circle. I, I'm not saying I disagree with you. No, no, I'm just, you can, I'm just you trying can. to take. You I'm can. just trying. Oh yeah, no, I absolutely no, I can. <laughs> but I'm just, but I'm just saying like I'm that's I'm just trying to look at it from maybe that's how they're trying to look at it as from a wrestling fan point of view being, mm-hmm. oh you know no no he's legit. garnishing yeah I, I I guess sometimes I try and get into to that mind too like I try and pretend that I'm the fan but in my head it just kept popping up as well he is kind of a joke but. <laughs> You've been telling me he is it. Now you're telling me the MV, the one of the, the the what is, what is his thing? The EVP oh, or EVP whatever. is saying that he is. So ah okay. 
<laughs> How's how that again? <laughs> All right. Uh, There's a sound bite for you, Elio. <laughs> <laughs> and this week's AEW Dynamite. <laughs> Elite or delete. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, inner circle promo. Uh, uh, quickly in my head, uh, Ortiz sounded good and passion. Surprised that Jake Hager sounded pretty good. Yeah, Sammy kind of sounds a bit like a bit cheap to me, but oh well. And Jericho, wow, you're right. He is he living the lifestyle of the rock star too much because he looked like he had been on a 14 day bender and his uh, eyes were. He looked rough out there. He did. Andy, take this one. Uh, yeah, the promo itself was good, but I'm I, I couldn't get away from Jericho's eyes. It's like. If if I had been if I saw like a photo of this on social media like a picture like a picture of Jericho I'm like whoa what filter did they use for that <laughs> with those eyes but like he looked rough for that so uh, maybe it was something to help kind of ease the pain for the elbow injury I don't know it could be PTSD from falling off a cage through those horrendous metal covers. I've never fallen off a cage, so I don't know. I, I mean, I've fallen off. I've had a good fall off a ladder, but not off a cage. But, uh, yeah, you know what? Overall, not bad, and they finished strong. Mm-hmm. So it it, uh, it worked for me. Okay. And just note, Elio, uh, me and Andy are going to throw you off the cage after this episode just to see, like, scientifically, what's <laughs> going to happen to you, okay? So we set it up. Wait, we got no, metal. wait. What, what, what would you think would happen if you threw me off the cage? We don't I know. Saw- We're going to find out. I, I, what I would happen I to Jericho? What, what I hope happens that Ezra's throwing off is like, I don't know what's going on <laughs> here. Done. <laughs> I think that's a, what, as, as Chris Jericho would say, a 1,000% guarantee. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's oh, some well, awesome, that's... some great booking for some awesome creative right there. That's what that is. <laughs> um, guys, Jade Cargill, now I'm just getting sick of this. Uh, okay, so she's out there. At least, hey, you're right, Andy. She did not once say, I'm the bitch. Yeah. No, we got to save that for later on in the show. But um, Jade Cargill, uh, blah, just, I wish she was saying something different. It's just the same crap she says every week. Uh, this time, the annoying uh, lawyer of MJF comes out, and uh, he's saying, blah 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 basically that's what i'm getting out of his blah 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 yeah. but jay cargill insults him cuts him off and you know what that 100 says he's probably going to be her manager in a week or two yeah yeah so let's that's something to look forward to yay uh an overly dramatic woman and a guy with no charisma what a great tag team they're gonna make okay uh <laughs> next we get to serena d versus red velvet okay uh now, as we do this uh, show, folks, we usually watch it in tandem, me and Andy, uh, and we're texting each other back and forth. Uh, when it came out and they said, from your mother's kitchen. <laughs> your mama's kitchen. Your mama's kitchen. I was typing in, I think I would have noticed if she was in my mama's kitchen. But as I'm <laughs> typing that, Andy says, I didn't see her in my mama's kitchen. <laughs> no, I said, why was she in my mama's kitchen? <laughs> it was just like, damn it, he got me to the hype. So we were kind of on things like that. Uh, I did love the fact that she toned down the stupid bowl mixing thing, although she did it once and paid for it pretty darn good in this match. Uh, Deeb, Serena Deeb, uh, don't want to be mean. This is going to sound terribly mean, but I think if we didn't know what Trent's mom looked like with the minivan, they could have hired Serena Deeb to do that role because she kind of looked like a milf with the minivan. (laughs) 
But um, this was a pretty uh, interesting match. Deeb, uh, it's for the NWA Women's uh, Championship. She was super aggressive. I mean, she jumped yeah. uh, Red Velvet off the beginning. She was on her quite a bit heavy on this match. Lots of a uh, little bit almost dirty-handed uh, tactics. Mm-hmm. Um, in the end, uh, she takes out Red Velvet, but Red Velvet actually looked good here. I'm going to say, once again, I'm still very impressed with Red Velvet. Uh, more so than what I've been seeing out of Jade Cargill, despite the fact that she lost to Cargill. So we'll see where that goes. Um, but I like Red Velvet. Anything you want to throw in there about this, uh, Andy? No, it would, uh, overall decent match. I, I did like the aggressive side from Serena Deeb. Uh, I'm not sure that's going to go to a full-fledged heel turn or not, but uh, I, I like seeing the aggressiveness. Yeah, Red Velvet didn't look too bad, and had she been in my mama's kitchen, I hope she made something delicious. So the next time I go over there, uh, you know, there's some good baked goods or some yeah. something. And it else. better be a red velvet cake, or you're going to be very. But good. we have we have the, cake here. We made it this past weekend. That was almost it was that one was too easy. That's why I wasn't going to ask for the red velvet cake. Uh, no, so, I'm just I'm just reaching for the bottom branch like you. <laughs> that uh, low hanging fruit. That low hanging fruit. Uh, next, we have a very impassionate quick promo with Pac. Uh, he stormed over to the door. He never made it in the door. He never knocked on the door. He never tried to open the door. But boy, he gave his mind about what he's going to do to the elite. <laughs> so uh, good on you, Pac. Uh, why do they have uh, Alex Marvez around? No idea. He does nothing but hold a mic. At least well, someone's got to do it. Well, at least put a pretty girl <laughs> holding the mic. I don't want to see his ugly old face every week. Uh, next, from the wilds of the Okanagan, the great beast Ogopoke. No, sorry, round notes. Um, Anthony Ogogo taking on Austin Gunn. First of all, I'm pretty sure we, when we saw this last week, we said squash all the way. So I was yeah. a little bit surprised that this match went anywhere. Uh, you know, Austin getting the jump on Ogogo, uh, giving him a bloody nose. Um, it was a squash match. Uh, Agogo getting a punch into the ribs of Gunn and then throwing him up and getting a second punch later. Uh, my only notes on here were saying uh, QT Marshall is like your uncle who dresses in the crappy bowling <laughs> shoes. <Yeah. laughs> he looks ridiculous. Um, there's something I want to put up because we, we're all going to say the same thing. It was a squash, whatever. Mm-hmm. But this is what annoys me about AEW sometimes. And this is, you have a story here that is so much more interesting than the crappy story you're giving us. You're ramming Cody down our throats. He's the Patriot who's going to take care of those dastard English, dastard English. Okay. Whatever. Those horrible dastardly Englishmen. Um, He's going on like that. Then you've got Anthony Agogo. Now, uh, Tony Diaz had brought this up on their show and uh, they reiterated it tonight. Here you got a guy who's a former Olympic boxer who's lost like 70, almost 80% of sight in one of his eyes, okay? He's still trying to wrestle. You didn't catch that, Andy? He, no. In his left eye, he is 70 to 80% blind. Uh, they also figure within the next year or so, he may be totally blind. In the case you, you're talking school. about Anthony Google? Oh, yes. Yeah. Wow. Now, yeah, I heard that, yeah. Now, don't you think that the better story here would to be him as a face struggling against the disabilities and the harshness and the unfairness of his, of his life to fight someone else to be the hero here. And instead we make him the bad guy who's a dastardly Englishman. What a wasted opportunity of a real life story where we could have really made a good hero out of this guy. Um, so I, I, I just, uh, 
I, I just thought that was wasted. I, I, once again, it shows they rather do something with Cody than take a real drama and a real opportunity you had here that wrote itself. I think yeah. it's a waste. I had no idea of that, and I totally agree with you. The only, the only th- two things. Mm-hmm. One, again, and, and you know my, my disdain for fantasy booking. Yes, um, which we do every week. Yes, which we do every week. <laughs> is maybe that's something that Anthony Gogo doesn't want to focus on. Yeah, but they brought it up. If if they didn't want to focus, why have the announcers mention this at all? They didn't have they, to. There's no indication. Just, yeah, but I mean, you, you mentioned it once and I, and I missed it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, who knows what else, but or maybe not to maybe not to dwell on it. Maybe that maybe he didn't want the sympathy. Maybe he didn't want that. I mean, maybe this is something that, mm-hmm. you know, so we'll, I'll okay. throw that. I'll, I'll just draw it. I'm just... It's almost like I'm playing devil's advocate. Okay. As to, as to why. And I'm not, you know, I'm not, again, yeah. I don't disagree with what you said because in no, the no, end, no. I agree with you. But yeah. I'm trying to look at, okay, well, why wouldn't they? Well, maybe because he didn't. Or maybe this is somehow going to be a thing where maybe it's, you know, one of those things where you start him off as the heel and somewhere in there, it'll turn, I, I'm stretching. Yeah. But, it, but maybe the way, maybe the way AEW just rushes stories, they're hoping that within the next six months, they can make him a full fledged heel turn, full fledged good guy. I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess, too, isn't it kind of lame that America's feuding with the British? I mean, this isn't <laughs> 1774 here. Yeah. I mean, is there a lot of really, did you hate the British? I mean, oh, I, I, I just haven't, it just doesn't, it, it just smacks of Cody. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's Max of Cody and his bizarre layout of his career. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? You said a good thing, Andy. When you texted me, you said, you know what? This this worked for you. This match it worked. Did. It, it did. Yeah, it, it worked it, for it, me too. It made uh, a go-go look solid. It made, you know, like the intensity was there and, mm-hmm. and the devastation with the punches and the, the killer instinct. So I thought that was good. Uh, one thing also I mentioned to you, mm-hmm. uh, and I think at this point, I can't remember, you know. Was it about Billy Gunn? Well, yeah, there was. That. I'm trying to think of the timing of it, just because if yeah. the hockey game had started or not, and I was getting a little distracted by yeah. the start of the hockey game. But where was Billy? Yeah, where was Billy Gunn? Your kid, you know, you're at ringside every other week. Yeah, and now your kid's got a match and you're not there. You know, I'm gonna hate is if he was there and we just didn't notice. <laughs> that would have been funny if he was in the audience and we didn't. Or he was with the because. Uh, they were all dressed the same, like Cody had on the same sweatsuit that Arn Anderson had. Right, on they were all being had Team Nightmare or whatever. Yeah, so it would have been horrible if he was rocking around and we didn't notice that. I don't know. I, I didn't really uh, think about it till afterwards, too. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Um, one thing that struck me, okay, I'm sorry, you want to make Anthony Agogo stand out? Do not let him dress the same as the guy from the acclaimed. He looked he, I thought it was a bone who came out wearing the same trunks. They had the same color design. I was like, well, why not go with the British thing? Have him come out in a Union Jack or something like that if that's his yeah, thing. Gonna, yeah. So all right. Uh Austin Gunn, well, <laughs> I don't know what to say. He looks like a very miniature version of Billy Gunn, to be honest. He does the same flop around, the same yeah. definitely father-son, just without the height, talent, or looks. Okay, uh, <laughs> next, I love this because I've met this man. I've interviewed this man. We played this man before on a global backstory. Um, Kaz had a really good promo. Uh, first, they showed him and uh, Christopher Daniels. Christopher Daniels kind of walked off left. Uh, I don't know what he tweeted. I couldn't quite read what that tweet said. Um, 
but he walked off with the idea that you know we might not be seeing Christopher Daniels anymore in front of the camera I think was what yeah. they were trying to hint at however I love this and this is where we try and sometimes we try and defend things and maybe things uh, could go back we talked later uh, where was it what were we talking about okay we we're saying about Moxley I was saying Moxley and Kingston I was very down on the fact that all of a sudden now they're just happy to be tag team guys right yeah well, I guess that makes room for Kaz then because Kaz's promo was about taking the elite apart one by one and that story doesn't work when you have Moxley running around taking them apart one by one or King Kingston taking them apart one by one. This is where you have a legit chance to um, to do this kind of story. And I hope they do the story. And the best way that I would say to do the story is have it small. He takes out uh, Nak- Nakazawa first. He takes out uh, Brandon Cutler. Um, he doesn't really have to take out guys, but he has to put the fear of God in them. Maybe he starts jumping the good brothers when they're separated constantly, hurt one of them a little bit, have them. So these guys are like, Oh man, that crazy nut job came out of here. Then you, then you terrorize the young bucks one at a time. You don't win against them. You don't actually pin them or take their belts, but you put the fear of God into them. That's what works. Cause then eventually you can sell Kaz as a legitimate contender for Kenny Omega down the road. I think Daniel was so tweeted. That might be all. Now, could he mean Band-Aids for the, his split? Could he mean wrestling? Could he mean uh, that, that Pepsi machine is out of Pepsi? That's they, was... they brought up that cryptic tweet in the short line, and I was reading it. That might be all. Yeah, I know. I'm just teasing. Um, but I love this promo. What did you think of this promo, Andy? Yeah. No, I, it was, again, like there, there were some solid promos tonight. Mm-hmm. And the, there's some legitimacy behind what he's talking about. It's not just the, oh, well, you beat us and now we can't team. And now we are going to be upset and not be friends anymore. No, like dude's choked. And it's like you said, like he doesn't care as if it's one on one on five, one on six. Yeah. And, and I like the idea that, that you're kind of putting out there that, you know, he can, put you know kind of put the fear in the guys or that could be the, you know he could be the one that's almost kind of like causing grief or some other stuff to happen so not to say oh, okay well he's going to join forces with like mox and kingston but it could be one of those things where he's the one that you know mm-hmm. maybe somehow cause a distraction or, or helps like mox and kingston beat them or something like that and so that they drop the titles kind of like the you know the I don't want to say like kind of like that, the pesky fly kind of thing because he's he's more than that. Yeah, but, uh, you mean like like a killer bee. Haha. Oh, I'm no. I, I know what you mean. Like yeah. uh like Jaws, this he's force like, that jumps out and attacks you and takes <laughs> off. He's he's the, he's the he becomes the perennial thorn in their side. Yeah. Okay. I can see. You that. know, and it's like oh, like we can't get rid of this guy. It's like you know what? If we didn't have to worry about Kaz, you know, we wouldn't have lost the titles, or we wouldn't have lost this opportunity. We wouldn't have lost this. Damn, we've got to go after Kaz, and then it's almost like you know, you kind of like like kind of divide and conquer. Yeah. Yeah, I like that, and that's kind of the idea I was thinking. Yeah, I like that. Eh? Yeah. That, that's a good idea. What do you think, Elio? This was a good promo. I really, really enjoyed this promo. Okay. So I want uh, to see you know, where they where they go. So do I, and that's what we need. I think that's what Kaz needs. We know he's got the talent. Yep. Let's get some backing behind this guy and show it. Um, next, we have the Miro promo, which I thought was just so strangely funny. Such a bad guy thanking Jesus for uh, so awesome. <laughs> his reign of terror. You don't see that much in uh, sports. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you, Jesus, for, for letting me, me yeah. break him. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. 
um, so he does this promo. He's doing this stuff. Out comes Archer. And Archer, okay, I still find it stupid that Jake Roberts is always holding him back. <laughs> you know? Um, Archer was more coherent than I've ever heard him talk, I think. Except, you know, like on wrestling anyways. And uh, so that was a little bit ironically funny. Um, I love the line where Miro said that Jake should step in the ring because when he was finished with him, no amount of uh, yoga would ever fix him up again, <laughs> which is a good reference to the DDP yoga thing, fixing Jake's life up, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. Kind of an insider joke if you, you got it or you didn't. Um, not sure. I feel bad for Archer. Do you feel like he, you know, he's, he's just been jobbing. This is his next thing now. He's going to job to another big guy because there's no way Miro's losing the belt. No. This quick. No. No. And uh, yeah. He, he uh, I don't know. I, this is not, I think it was too soon for Archer. Uh, they're really just shitting on this guy's career. Uh, Andy, you, you got anything out of this? No, I, again, you're, what you said, like, I, I, you know, and again, I'm pretty high on Mira when he's not worried about video games and stuff. So the, the promo was solid. I love the thanking Jesus and, and, <laughs> and just, you know, allowing him to be able to like destroy everybody. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and Archer, I mean, yeah, if Jake's holding you back. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> Jake uh, is it's so weak looking right now. He looks yeah. frail. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, there's no way Miro should be losing. So it's just, you know, it's... Uh, Once again, you get in the build up, but it, it should be a foregone conclusion as to what's going to happen. Exactly. Uh, Elio? I just think uh, Lance Archer was a wrong first challenger. I mean, they've, they've totally destroyed this guy. Yeah, and I think this is not going to help him. Um, yeah, and because you can't afford to make Mural look like he's uh, struggling, so he's obviously going to have to be dominant here. But at the same time, you're sacrificing another big guy, which this could have been a bigger event later on, you know. So, all right, uh, we make it now to the main event of the evening: the Young Bucks versus the Varsity Blondes. Um, okay. Where do we start with this one? Um, first of all, I want to say that the Varsity Blondes look have been looking good, better and better each week. They look pretty solid here as a team. They look like they were guys who, uh, this was, yeah, you know, you know, when the young team has finally made it to the top program to challenge, they're not ready to be uh, weekly the top team, but they're, they have that potential. You've seen that here. They're given the chance to show they can run with the champs. Maybe down the road, they'll get another chance and maybe succeed. I think it, it showcased them well in that sense. Uh, like I said, I, I, Julia Hart, uh, nice to add the cheerleader. I get it. You add the cheerleader yeah. to the varsity guys, but why put on a bunch of cheap-ass gross makeup on her that made her look like she was the cheap girl who wasn't really a cheerleader? <laughs> Thought that took away from her because we've seen what she looks like without it. I think that was the wrong step. Uh, I laughed at JR saying, because uh, the Young Bucks were doing around a lot of screwy crap, uh, JR says, well, the referees don't do much because they're intimidated by the Young Bucks. That made me laugh because there's only one referee who ever refs the Young Bucks matches. No yeah, one else Rick does. Knox. Yeah, so to say yeah. that the refs are intimidated, no. Rick Knox might be intimidated by them, <laughs> but he's the only one. Um, I thought this match uh, had a lot of interesting things in it, a lot of mixture of tay, um, double teams. Once again, I, I'll give the Young Bucks credit in the fact is they're slowing down on the frantic, ridiculous 800 moves a set 
uh, matches. Their matches starting to have more story to it. There's more logic to it. They do have the occasional, and I think you need it for them. They they're small dudes. They need to throw in some sizzle now and then. Yeah. But they are, and and look at just look at the beginning of them when they came out, and they had uh, Nick had on this kind of headband, fluffy, yeah, the foofy and, Vegas dancer. Yeah. And here's a guy who looked like stone face for like how long? I didn't even, re- I could, it, it took me a minute to figure out which one it was. Yes. He had such an expressive look on his face. I'm yes. Like, Is that Matt? Well, no, Matt's behind him. Wow, good on you, Nick. You're alive. Yeah. <laughs> um, enjoying that part. Uh, but I don't know. The cold spray, I guess, is their new gimmick. And it's a lot better than, you know, 400 super kicks, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, just a little bit too much with it at the end. Also, uh, I give, I'm give i going to give her a pass because she is very new. But Julie Hart, if somebody sprays something in your face, yes, it's fake. <laughs> but act like it actually hit you in the face. Don't stand there and go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I better move. Like, And then miraculously jump up at the end of the match as if nothing happened <laughs> to you and go over and help your partners. Uh, it's But that, you can forgive that for a young wrestler like her. Okay. Frankie Kazarian does that stuff. We're going to be on him like white on rice. Yeah. Okay. But uh, I get that from a thing, but it's distracting because it's on full national television. So you've just kind of undercut what that real, the, the cold spray to the face really is. Okay. Uh, and of course, as I'm watching this and this is just like WCW guys, do you remember this? You knew no match ever ends in WCW with just the winners put their hands up. Nope somebody has to run in whether it's good guys or bad guys somebody interferes at the end to 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 squash the victors whatever and that happened of course tonight i even said to my wife oh i bet you it's gonna be moxley and kingston yep moxley and kingston came out and uh and what did they do they owned the young bucks once again they got their hands on them and showed us how easily it was to put them out so once again AEW has destroyed the the knowledge of thinking, well, maybe the double teaming of the Young Bucks could overcome or something like that. Nope. We've shown that they're bitches who are going to get knocked out pretty harsh. Uh, Andy, what did you get out of this match, brother? Not much more to add. I, I was happy for the Varsity Blondes. I thought overall they had a good showing. Uh, like you said, I, I liked that the, the Bucks kind of slowed down a bit and didn't go as frantic and frenetic as they usually do. Uh my thing with the finish, and, and I messaged this too as it, as it was kind of happening, was uh, when they originally did the cold spray into uh, Pillman Jr.'s eyes the first time, I would have been really happy if that had been the finish. It's like, you know, he's, he, he, you know, he gets the spray in the eyes. You, you can't see. It's like if, if you can't even see what's going on, you can't defend. Like to me, that, should just, that's, that was like a finish. That should have been it. He should have just tapped out the, the combination of, okay, well, the pain's there, but yet I can't see. Almost like the eyes are burning more than the – Mm-hmm. the uh, submission hold itself and to me that would have made sense and that would have been cool but uh awesome. i yeah yeah but i mean <laughs> it's a picky thing i mean they still kind of did that in the end i just don't think they need to go any further that was just like that would have been it so it's overkill once again the way a, l- a little bit yeah. Okay. yeah yeah all right elio anything you want to throw on this one i know you guys uh, basically you guys said it all just um good for the rusty blondes mm-hmm well, one of the things I want to say here, and you know, once again, into our thing of uh, fantasy booking, I really honestly wished that the Varsity Blondes had won tonight. Um, when you think about it, it could have elevated this team 
even if they only have it for a little while, this really elevates them. The young bucks don't need the titles at all. They have all their, you know, Moxley and Kingston hate them. They have guys coming after them that hate them, that hate the elite. They don't need the belts. This would have been an awesome time to elevate uh, the varsity blondes, even if it, like I said, only if this was for a week, two weeks, a month, whatever, to show them that these are a team that can run with everyone else. I just thought it was a bit of a wasted opportunity here. So, uh, so let's go into our brains now and try and grade our show. I'm thinking really hard. What number am I going to put in here? We're going to start off with Elio. Give Elio the chance. And I'm, Elio, what are you going to rate this week's uh, episode? To me, it wasn't uh, bad. It was a fun episode. I'm going to go with the. I'm just going to go with a B on this one. A B. Okay, Andy, how are you going to go on this one? Yeah, same thing. Uh, to me, it was uh, right from when the show ended. I'm like, yeah, this is a B. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sure in the hell was a lot better than advertised. I, I yeah. got to admit, I wasn't. I was a little bit leery of the advertising of what was coming. Uh, there were some interesting things. Love the cast promo would have to be the highlight for me. Uh, a few lowlights we talked about. Uh, I'm going to give it a solid B too. So good on you. This is now what four episodes in a row where we've had some pretty solid wrestling. And uh, folks, uh, let's hope that AEW keeps the streak they have coming up, double or nothing. Uh, next week, uh, we've had some problems where uh, there might not be a show next week, but keep your uh, ears to the ground because me and Elio have been digging through the attic and uh, we found something interesting. And I know Andy's going to be really even more surprised about this because we were surprised a long time ago when me and Elio found a videotape that we translated, had had moved over to audio, where it had our, our grandfathers on it. And who would have known, who would have known that Andy Anderson's grandfather had worked with our grandfathers too? Because what? we found something. In, yes. Wow. I'm, you're going to see when I, I have this transcribed, guys, and put over onto audio. You guys are going to, it's weird how we had this connection. So, folks, <laughs> keep your eyes because I think next week might be a flashback episode. Anyways, it's been great talking with you all. And uh, Andy, why don't you take home the good people? In the meantime, and in between time, that's it. Another edition of WPOV Global. Bye-bye now.